Hey, all right, and welcome to Better Yet. I'm Tim Crisp, your host, and to start off this week's episode, I'm going to play the first track off my brand new mixtape. It's called My Field Recording Kit, and it's available for pay what you want on Bandcamp, betteryetpodcast.bandcamp.com. You know the song. You heard the title track last week, and right now I'm going to play the first song off that tape. It's the same song you heard last week, but this is a version that I multi-tracked at home back in 2021 and only shared it with a handful of friends until now under the functional title of Demo Recording Kit. I hope you like this version. Let's play it and we'll start the show. My feel recording kit Sure is something we should try around a bit Up the stream, up the street With water and other water me Flowing, frothing, muddy feet, oh yeah On a hill Time to kill Convenience store Before doors Let all play And the sky Listen with my My field recording kit Don't think I could live without it Hey, all right. Welcome to Better Yet. I'm Tim Crisp. I wrote that song in 2021, and I started this Better Yet podcast in 2016. Better Yet is a conversation that started in 2016, like I just said, and it's a conversation that continues this week with a trip to the archives. We are revisiting my 2018 conversation with the great Patrick Kinlan of Self-Defense Family, Drug Church, those are two of my favorite bands making guitar music today. Pat's podcast, Axe to Grind, and Worst Possible Timeline are two reputable programs. We had a lot of fun back in November of 2018, and we've got a condensed version of that conversation featured this week. We've also got a brand new Rap Boys track, Black Earth, Wisconsin was released this week, and we're all going to listen to it together right here on Better Yet. Emanating from Valparaiso, Indiana, the home of Better Yet since 2020, and the home of my favorite coffee roaster in the USA, Dagger Mountain Coffee in Valparaiso. I'm drinking Dagger Mountain every week here on Better Yet at DaggerMTN on Instagram. Visit DaggerMountain.com. Pick up a bag of any of their single origin coffees or their blends, order online, daggermountain.com. Hey, if this is your first time here, this is a podcast I started in 2016 while I was living in Chicago as a chance to interview people just like Patrick Kinlan, just like Julia from Rat Boys, just like Sean from Rat Boys, Marcus from Rat Boys, creative folks whose work inspires me. I invite you to visit our website, betteryetpod.com. We've got all 200-something episodes of this podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Bandcamp, betteryetpodcast.bandcamp.com, and check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash at betteryetpod. We've got interview clips up right now featuring clips from my conversation with Patrick and some great clips from my conversation with Steve Albini. We've got Albini talking about Jason Molina for four minutes over on YouTube. That video got some traction already. Last week's anniversary of the Magnolia Electric Company record, Steve Albini, things got 1,500 views on YouTube after two weeks. Crazy. 
Hey, and I'm a full-stack developer, too. You can check out my latest development project, Riffin, by visiting riffin.io. Just on your desktop browser, open up that laptop and go to riffin.io. Riffin is a guitar tablet or sketch pad. It's a place for songwriters and guitarists of the world to write out their song ideas with our custom tab editor. It's easy to save and store your ideas. You can sign up for an account with an email address. OAuth is secure through our AWS serverless backend. Sign up for an account today. We'd love to see some new users this week at riffin.io. And hey, as of this day, March 10th, 2023, I am a full stack developer for hire. Betteryapodcast at gmail.com. All my dev links are available in the episode notes. Hire me. Let that senior software engineer in your life know that Tim, the homie Tim from the Better Yet Podcast, would make a perfect fit for that junior engineer role that you've been trying to fill. Better Yet Podcast at gmail.com. Boy, what a week last week here, huh? I mean, I released the number one song in America, as far as I'm concerned, my field recording kit. It happened to be an episode of this podcast, which seems like a silly little exercise, but I just wanted to know what it would be like to release something that someone could listen to twice in a row. I mean, how many people listen to Alec Baldwin's podcast twice this week? Huh? We should be number one on the charts but they're afraid. My field recording kit is now a mixtape. It's available on Bandcamp, betteryetpodcast.bandcamp.com. Y'all should check that out on the Bandcamp app. You know me. I love a good music streaming app, and this Bandcamp app is a great user experience. And as an artist, I love seeing my field recording kit on this lovely interface. Of course, you can visit on your desktop, too. Stream my field recording kit. It's a seven-track mixtape with the title track and some field recordings, legit field recordings that I made out here in Valparaiso using a Sure Motive MV88 microphone that the homie Corey Willis was kind enough to to bestow upon me. Um, we got some nice rainfall tracks in there. And an appearance from a set of wind chimes from my friends, Laura Stevenson and Mike Campbell. And you can purchase this thing, too, for pay what you want. And you can get a set of photos from my home studio. There's a picture of me and Chloe, a picture of Hadley and Lily, a photo of our magnolia tree that my partner took. And honestly, to me, the selling point of this My Field Recording Kit mixtape over on Bandcamp, better yet, podcast.bandcamp.com. To me, the selling point, the thing I'm most proud of, is the PDF of the lyric sheet and the credits. It's very deliberate in its presentation. I took my influences from far and wide. I mean, I'm talking new music. I'm talking, what would Theodore Adorno's credit sheet look like if he put out a mixtape on Bandcamp? Very deliberate, and um, you know this is uh, this is kind of a new new thing, new expression for me. Something that I'm excited about, and hey, I'm proud of it too. It's silly. It's a silly little song, but the mixtape itself is a creative expression that I'm very proud of, and I hope you listen to it. You know who did listen to it a long time ago? Rap Boys. I like to say it on the show. They're my favorite band. They released a new song. This week it's called Black Earth, Wisconsin. It's also got a brand new music video that you can see on Rap Boys Bandcamp, rapboys.bandcamp.com. You can also see it on our website, betteryetpod.com. And much like the video for my field recording kit by Tim Crisp, also available on betteryetpod.com, Rap Boys, they made this video for Black Earth, Wisconsin themselves. Theirs is more of an analog affair. They cut up some old VHS Storm Chaser footage and just went for it, spliced it all together. And much like this song, Black Earth, Wisconsin, that they recorded 
out west with Chris Walla. You heard this guy, Chris Walla, from Death Cab for Cutie, engineered this Rat Boy song? Played piano on it? They recorded this Black Earth Wisconsin live to tape. No overdubs. They just go for it. And I think that's what we should do here. We should just go for it. Let's listen to Black Earth Wisconsin by Rat Boys. Thank you. 
That was Rap Boys, Black Earth, Wisconsin. Buy the track on Bandcamp, ratboys.bandcamp.com. You can watch the music video there too. Or on our website, betteryatpod.com. All right, on to the main event. My guest this week is Patrick Kinlan of Self-Defense Family, Drug Church. Patrick's also of the podcast Axe to Grind and Worst Possible Timeline. He's a comic book artist and a good Twitter follow too, at Self-Defense. This is a conversation that we recorded in November of 2018 while Patrick was on tour with Drug Church. He'd had a hell of a year that year. 2018 drug church released cheer and self-defense family put out an lp called have you considered punk music it was a fun conversation then it's aged quite well pat is opinionated and he's always pushing along the boundaries of punk and diy culture conversations like this just have an evergreen quality it's also fun to listen back with the context of the music Patrick has released since this conversation. You'll hear him mention new self-defense material that sounds like cat power. He's like, I don't know what to do. And um, self-defense ended up releasing a cover of cat powers. What will the community think amongst a half dozen other singles and EPs, you know, typical self-defense family shit. There was a new drug church LP last year great record called hygiene and a new single myopic that came out just over a week ago that song all of these songs conveniently enough for those enjoying this podcast right now there is a spotify playlist in the episode notes with all of pat's activities as well as this episode of better yet and our original conversation and the most recent episodes of worst possible timeline and axe to grind that's eight hours of content all in one playlist called better yet with patrick kidlin it's there for you bubbles do check that out i would like to shout out huge reason for this trip back to the archives this week and that is one of the great music writers of our time miranda reiner who wrote a great piece this week called self-defense music or at least some of it the homie miranda over at MirandaReiner.com, ranked 20 self-defense EPs. It's an epic piece, the type of writing Miranda does best. I get so proud of these kids, these young music writers like Miranda and Hugo Reyes and Eli Enos, who put their passion for music into prose. And you got to feel a type of pride, too, when you see that, you know, Miranda... The Susan Sontag of this generation of music writers also has the same number one pick for the self-defense best self-defense EP as 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 your yours truly. I mean, she's so smart. MirandaReiner.com. And enjoy this conversation with me and Patrick. This is a condensed version of the original interview, so we do jump from topic to topic, but it's still linear it's arranged in a way that will be easy for you to follow along stay tuned to the end we're going to close this week's episode with that new drug church track myopic subscribe to better yet on your podcast player of choice better yet podcast.bandcamp.com youtube at better yet and visit our website betteryetpod.com for the music videos for black earth wisconsin by rap boys and my field recording kit by me, Tim Crisp. Plus, every episode of this podcast, Road to the Skeleton Coast with Brennan Kelly, and As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio with David Anthony. All my Better Yet interviews are there. We will see you next week, Bubba's. Until then, here's me and Patrick Kim. I mean, we at least got to pee. Yeah. <laughs> the... the uh... <laughs> That podcast is tough because Bob is uh, Bob is a very ordered mind, uh, very uh, uh, sort of uh, not business oriented per se, but like just uh, uh, on task sort of guy. He's uh, he's the anchor. It's, so he like yeah for sure. When it, it started as an idea that just Tom and I were going to do, and I'm glad 
I'm glad Bob got involved because otherwise Tom and I would just be floating off in space. But the, the uh, uh-huh. um, it's rough though because Bob likes to now that we do Patreon, it's like a we got such a better response than we anticipated that it's we now treat it like oh I guess I have a second small business now. You yeah, know what I mean, so now I ha- now there's like a. You know, it feels right to give people, quote unquote, their money's worth. You know what I mean? It's interesting how that goes, yeah. right? Because, yeah, I got, as you were a Patreon, I got a Patreon for this. Yep. And it happens. And I got, Tom's got a mug that I got to ship to him. So That's cool. <laughs> and it, it, beco- it becomes, uh, you know, like, it's an interesting thing because you always want to do your best. But then there's there's people, that you forget that there are, there are people that, it's not always about your best to them. It's also, like, their drive to work. You know right. what I mean, or, or or whatever it is, they they would like content to fill that space, or that they just like. She's gonna move around a little bit and like find a find cool, a good cool. spot for. Her. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's also the uh, there's this idea that oh maybe the people who are like pledging to this just do it because they like you, not yeah. because they're yeah, yeah, yeah. like oh sure they're ready to get on like the Patreon equivalent of Yelp, right? Be like, well, <laughs> no, 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 that's true uh-huh. for sure. Yeah. So how long how long have you known Tom? You go. I've known Tom for a long time. Go uh, way back in the in the just New York hardcore, right? Uh, so when I'm, yeah, probably like 2001 or something like that. 2000. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, wow, that would be crazy. Is that accurate? That might be true. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> let's say 2002. All right. Uh, Padded a little bit. Yeah. Like, n- n- known Tom for a long time. I actually uh, weirdly... Uh, directed a music video for Most Precious Blood uh, when Tom was in the band. Oh, okay. And, and uh, fun experience. You know, this was before GoPros, so like it was, you know, th- strap a book bag on a kid and say jump into the jump into the crowd, sort of thing. You know? Yeah, sure. Um, and uh, it was. I've known him since then. It was. It, it, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of uh, that Most Precious Blood record that he's on. Like a legitimate. I think it's. I think it's like the best '90s hardcore record that didn't come out in the '90s. Yeah, I, I think it's exceptional. It's, it, indecision too. It, so indecision, many people feel is great. I recognize the value of, uh-huh. but I don't feel like any of those recordings make it easy to connect with the records. Sure. So when most when that first Most Precious Blood record came out, nothing in vain. Uh, it had all the parts of indecision that I liked, also recorded at a level that I thought was like. It showed them off. You yeah, know what I mean, so uh, I love that record. So it sounds pristine for it, sure. Yeah, so, I mean, and not in an overproduced way that irritates me either. Like it's uh, to me, it's like a very perfect uh, kind of look at that type of hardcore. Yeah, you know, what I mean? so I I, lo- I love it. But and, and then you and Bob, what do you go back to? Bob to and Rev. I go, Bob and I go back to Rev. Yeah, Bob actually is responsible for uh, any sort of. Whatever tiny bit of success that I have in music, a lot of it you can trace back to Bob because Bob uh, was the person that uh, put uh, end of a year on at Revelation. And uh, that led to taking the band, I don't want to say more seriously because I, I, I take everything I do serious in the respect that I I want it to be good. Right. But, but that doesn't mean that I always believe that other people recognize that it's good. You know, uh-huh. and then when somebody gives you that sort of that sort of cosign that they acknowledge that, hey, the world cares more than you think, uh, then you kind of uh, it, it can put a wind in your sails to also take it seriously in the same way. So if you know you're an artist, you're taking it seriously in the self fulfilling way, but then you're all once you're told, hey, somebody else on earth might care about it, it's very encouraging. So uh, <clears throat> Bob is. You know, a, a local label, which of course we owe two local labels, which of course we owe the same sort of nod. But it it was uh, also helped us. But it was really Bob uh, reaching out from Revelation, which you know, quite a marquee for for you know one guy in the band. His favorite band of all time uh, is uh, uh, Underdog. You know what I mean? So it's uh-huh. like you're talking about people that, and that's like a lower tier yeah, revelation yeah. <laughs> band too. Well, you, I'm you, like, okay, yeah, Gorilla Biscuits. Right, sure. Uh-huh. It's that era meant a lot to, and me not as much, honestly. Like I, the, the Rev stuff that I uh, gravitate towards is not like, you know, what, whatever they call it, like Connecticut label. It's not, it's or Connecticut address. It's not a, I don't, 
like the the hardcore classics to me are not as interesting as some of the other Rev stuff, but Rev was still obviously just an, such a nice. It's kind of an interesting time for Rev that you were there too, because sure. you had Shai Halud, well, Elliot was there. So it was the the signings that uh, that Bob is responsible for was that kind of interesting. Uh, so I don't know how much I'm talking out of turn, but every once in a while, Revelation will decide that they want to be a quote unquote real label instead of 90% reissue, 10% uh, new material. Right. Yeah. And I don't know what goes into that decision. I'm sure that uh, the fact that the music industry sucks probably is, <laughs> you know, prohibitive, uh -huh. but <clears throat> they've got such a catalog that, and there's creative people working there that want to do new stuff that every once in a while there's a push. Right. And right before Bob started, there was this push in a very kind of quote unquote off brand direction, which was uh, kind of like Since by Man or, or, or uh, uh, Curl Up and Die. Sure. Uh, and uh, Plot to Pull Up the Eiffel Tower, maybe, might have been on. Anyway, there was kind of like a sassier slash metalcore ish sort of thing yeah, going that was on. happening that, at that time. Right. And the gentleman before Bob, whose name escapes me, tried to capitalize on that, didn't quite take for the rev the average rev fan i'm sure there were successes but whatever yeah. but uh bob tried to bring multiple elements of rev's history to his signings so when he was put in charge you know he did down to nothing uh uh sinking ships and uh those are straight up hardcore acts in a lot of respects right yeah. so down to nothing in particular straight up hardcore act. uh but then he also he brought in bands like gracer which owed a lot to yeah, to Elliot, to you know, so so, and right. then and, and then, then there's like like end of year and and shook ones. Yep, exactly right. Fits. Um, so it was uh, it was an exciting time for the for the label. We, I mean, we sold dog shit, so we got kicked off. But it, oh. it, it but 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 it was uh, it, it was uh, a, a, a really good, you know, he he was doing something at that time that I thought was such a tricky tightrope walk, and he he did it with a lot of grace. So I've I've known him I've known him. Uh, for many years, actually, was my roommate for a brief time. Oh wow! Uh, in in poor Albany, guy. in Albany, yeah. I mean, he would tell you, poor uh -huh. guy. Uh, in, in Albany, and you know what? I have no idea why Bob was in Albany, but Bob lived with me. <laughs> we lived together for a while. And you, you grew up in Albany, right? I did, yeah. And is that's where end of year starts and all that. Or? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um. So, what did your folks do? Uh, my mother uh, was a house uh, wife, uh, or really, what do you call it? Uh, She's a mother of four, so I, whatever uh -huh. whatever you call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my father uh, worked in staffing, but uh, he's a. I would never use the term career criminal, uh, it, because it's not quite like that. My father is a degenerate gambler. Yeah. So uh, when he gets in trouble, uh, he in the past has uh, uh, what would the word be stolen. Uh, <laughs> lots of money and because that's the way that's the place that a lot of compulsive gamblers find themselves is right you try and dig yourself out of a hole that only gets deeper and deeper you find mm -hmm. yourself in a desperate place so my father uh, was incarcerated when I was 12 uh, and my mother uh, at that point who had, she had been uh, she had she had graduated from Skidmore and, and held jobs but then for 12 years was, right. was a homemaker and uh, a mother of four. And then she had to go to work when my father uh, went to prison. So uh, is she works in education, but she is not a teacher education, not education theory. I forget what they call it when basically her job for many years was to show up at your school, uh, evaluate that you're doing the right thing uh, and shut you down if you're not. Uh-huh. And uh kind of like social work, but Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. it definitely uh worked for the County of Albany uh for yeah. many years before going into the private sector, but uh it's uh she worked in early intervention for many years actually prior to that, which is like somebody calls up and says, "Hey, I don't know what to do. My child is 3 and not talking." Oh, okay, and sure. And I don't know how this works, right. you know? Um, like where do I start? Where do, do I, I start? Take them to a and specialist? and, and uh -huh. then someone like my mother shows up and takes a look at your child and says, okay, well, here's what, here's what the County and the state can do for you. Yeah. Um, let's try to get your, 
you know, your child's not hitting the benchmarks of development, development that they're supposed to. So let's, let's try to figure this out. Uh, and that's a, it's actually quite a rough job because you're, you're talking about, I mean, you uh, see a lot of shit, right? you see a Every lot day. of yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. a lot of shit, a lot of parents that are at the end of the rope, a lot of parents that, uh, um, you know, in Albany, it was a lot of, uh, I want to say Farsi speaking, uh, uh, immigrants that, you know, like imagine being from someplace else, mm-hmm. kind of not knowing what services you're new here. You don't know what services are provided, right. you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, like, let's say you came from Afghanistan and, and you, you, uh, you understand that you're paying taxes, so you're entitled to services, but what i wouldn't know what services you know what i mean yeah. like so, right. so yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know it's particularly if your english is not great uh-huh. so uh it's it's a lot of people that are doing the best for their families but uh, i mean there's just a level of like intensity and probably like a like i need help i need it now I mean, and i'm trying to communicate it as best as i can but i'm obviously like desperate and feeling yeah. fucking wrecked about this so if we're talking about like let's say Let's say broadly that I've been a, a, a member of uh, punk music uh-huh, <laughs> you know I mean? right. for, for 20 years or whatever the hell it's been. Uh-huh. Um, when, when were you getting into it? When you when I was in high school. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, Just through like the scene or the uh, where you just kind of... I just met two kids at school uh-huh. uh, and uh, they were my friends and they turned me on to some local stuff and... Mm-hmm. and uh, it was off to the races because I, I really enjoyed music, but I had no prior to that. Like my folks aren't musical and I, and, uh, I got everything I got from, uh, 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 uh library. Uh, if I'd walk to the Bethlehem public library and whatever had a cool cover, you, uh-huh. know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, like I always say, that's why I'm a rush fan. I, I like sure. rush, rush had the coolest album covers, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and I would just try everything and it, well, anything that looked cool. You, you know what I mean? You yeah. like that guy a lot, yeah, right? I yeah. do. I love those guys. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it was, uh, and then when hardcore music entered my life, uh, that was very exciting. It was something that you could go see, uh-huh. uh, you know, <laughs> you could see it once a week if you wanted to. It wasn't yeah, like Elvis sure. Costello where you were lucky to see it once a year. Is yeah. it, you know, when people get mad at, uh, let's say this doesn't happen very often anymore, but it was a hot topic of conversation for a number of years. Sports star, obviously on steroids, obviously. Right. Uh, did their best work when they were on steroids. Uh huh. People say things like, "It would just be okay if he admitted it." Why doesn't he admit it? Why doesn't he admit it? You know what I mean? Roger Clemens. Why doesn't he admit it? I can answer that because he doesn't have to. It's if not his job, it. right? Yeah. So it's not his job to incriminate himself. Uh huh. This is the thing that like that fake righteous people latch on to all day, sure. which is the sanctimonious thing. Oh, if I was in his position, I would do this. Uh-huh. And I assure you, this is the this is the core of my artistic being right now because this is what 90% uh-huh. of my material is about in the year 2018. <laughs> I put out two records and, it, and they definitely both address this. You wouldn't. Yeah. You'd do nothing different. The only thing, be, the only difference between you and Roger Clemens is that you'd fold under pressure and he didn't. You know what I mean? That's the only difference. And I... I mean, to an extent, that's... How he got there, right? Exactly right. Uh-huh. I mean, delusion, narcissism, self-aggrandizing. It, it, it's a that's a sick person. Look, I I should. I'm with you there. Sick Famous person. people are sick. Oh, yeah. I, I, look, I, I've uh, my old job. I, I worked in Los Angeles for a number of years, and uh, also in New York, among uh, with working for famous people. And I can assure you that anybody who has more than a moderate amount of success in this life is not strictly speaking well. (laughs) I find nothing about being in a band all that stressful. Not a thing. But that's my disposition. There's other people that if you tell them... Can I stop you? Sir. Have you always been like this? Uh, How's that? Like not stressed? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't... The only thing that makes me... And I guess just like the, the... You move on. You do you oh yeah uh-huh. yeah yeah I I I, uh, I spent so this a year and a half ago I spent the only time I've ever spent in my life being bitter you know what I mean I, being really like like there's a line in the new drug church record of just about melting into your couch because you're so hot you know what I mean just angry yeah. you know and, I mean having uh, considered punk music it's just like <laughs> I'm staying in for the nineteenth night in a row yeah. And, well, that's because those records were written during a time that I was 
I was bitter, you know, and uh, that's the first time. I mean, I'm glad that those records resonated with people because it could be a highly alienating, <laughs> alienating experience. But uh, that was the first time that I uh, have felt uh, wronged or grieved or, or or angry at the world in the in a very specific way. And uh, but you know, and I was desperately waiting to get out of this feeling that I don't care for at all. You know, what I mean, like I yeah. hate a very large topic that we don't have to get too deep into today is. Uh, you know how like I don't know what your exposure is to sort of like conservative radio or conservative like I grew up on Rush Limbaugh. Okay. Mhm. So there's a narrative there among those guys that uh that liberals quote unquote and now I think we just use the left as the catch all yeah. uh have a victimhood narrative, right? Uh-huh. And everybody wants to be a victim and blah 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 blah. Uh I think that that's 100% true but but really not self-aware because the same applies to the conservatives. Same applies to conservatives. Same applies, or if we want to use the word right. Yeah. You know, everybody's got this aggrieved victimhood thing going on. Right. And look. Yeah. I mean, because it's, it's like, uh, it's a tough time to be a, a white guy. Well, you know? uh-huh. we'll get into that in a second. Right. But, 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 but <laughs> let's not get into it too hard. For, but. Yeah. But, but for your listeners that like, that maybe want to take me in the, in the worst possible spirit, let me just stop them at the door. Uh, there's people who are fucking victims. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, yeah. pe- there's yeah, people yeah, yeah. who are there's people who are uh, systemically marginalized. There's people who are specifically and in, in terms of action uh, uh, wounded and and traumatized and marginalized. And it, it, these are real things. I'm talking uh, in a very in a much broader uh, way. I'm talking about in the way that like look. For I, me, let me. Is it? It's bitterness. Being yeah, at home, right. being bitter. Yeah. is feeling. Like you're a victim of Feel, for, for anything, me, right? For me, that's that's the type. So when I'm talking about victimhood, I'm not talking about, you know, the, the native people of America who, you know, like we're talking about how many centuries of, of being purposefully marginalized. I'm not talking about like actual grievances. I'm talking about uh, people like me who are just passed over for something that they wanted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They just don't have yeah. access to a thing that's important. Right. That's That's a... That's a type of worthless victimhood that I have no interest in, but found myself stuck in, you know, and David uh, Foster Wallace called it a uh, uh, zero calorie thinking. Uh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And, and uh, that is, uh, you know, to perseverate for me, uh, to have all my thoughts go back to a certain type of negativity or bitterness or whatever the hell you want to call it is it was tough uh and i don't want to sound like a victim here but like but i i'm increasingly getting why uh dudes of a certain age are all gravitating towards brazilian jiu jitsu you know sure. what i mean like yeah. i i get it on this one level i get it that like it adds an additional layer of control to to your existence yeah being earnest is is always out with the pitchfork crowd you know what i mean like right. le- like being earnest is the, champion crime like that's that's capital offense uh those people and i don't mean pitchfork the the website i mean it, it, at all you know what i mean right so, so, sort the of, general so, yeah mm-hmm. so, sort of uh those people don't have a particularly strong relationship with music and if somebody is coming on too strong that they care about music it's a little off-putting you know what i mean it's it, it's alienating so uh and I've gone on record that I find, you know, in 2018, I'm a grown man. I've seen a trillion bands. Earnestness, like pure earnestness, not seriousness, not regard for your craft, not uh, not, not a, a love for the thing that you're saying, but earnestness, which is this kind of other thing that we see manifested in, in, in uh, you know, if we're going to speak broadly, we, we can say um, kind of like beard axe. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. Like, like uh-huh. Uh, uh, the what we were talking about yeah. in the kitchen. Yes, exactly. My, my like job sucks. My girlfriend's mad at me, but yeah. I'm having beers tonight with right. my buds. Har- it's gonna be okay. Hard on your sleeve and not uh-huh. a thought in your head. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I right. mean. Like the, uh-huh. it, it's a uh, that sort of stuff. I, like, look, I get why I get why somebody would recoil from it. Guitar music is so scared, and so it's skittish. It's skittish whites. That that's what guitar music is. It's I, the other night I was talking about it. With a room of guitar acts, 
guitar music is white worms. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. It's scared people that are there. They jump at their own shadow. They don't engage with uh, people that are their fans. And if they do, they do it in this, they do it in this way that shifts the balance of power in what I consider a very ugly way. I can't always push back in the way that I want, which is sometimes a heavy fuck you because I speak for multiple people who have various perspectives and relationships. Right. Like there was a person who took me in the worst spirit online. Uh, and instead of ignoring them or instead of, uh, and it was comically the worst spirit where it was like, nobody could misinterpret me that bad unless they, like woke up that morning and was like, I'm gonna misinterpret a motherfucker as bad as I can. Uh, and when I was, when I was taken in the worst spirit, which look, I, I say a lot of things, you know, and like, particularly I'm on three podcasts now. I talk a lot. And when you talk as much as I do, you're going to say something stupid. So I'm open to the idea that I say something stupid all the time. I really am. So when that happens, uh, you, you know, if you're wrong, you apologize. You say my bad, which is to me the most you're ever going to get out of me. You know what I mean? Like there's no reason that I'm going to be a supplicant, roll around on the ground begging for your forgiveness. It's like, hey, if a sincere my bad is worth 200 insincere, oh, let me cover this up. You know what I mean? So yeah. if you get a sincere my bad out of me, that yo, you won. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Congratulations. But uh -huh. somebody took me in the worst possible spirit. And if I was a solo act, my response, you know, I, I didn't take them seriously and I responded sardonically and, and sort of shit on them. And then they tried to make it a campaign against me because that pissed them off. If it was just me, solo act, the Patrick Kinlan review, it would be a heavy fuck you. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, uh -huh. but. I would I, say that y your response, though, does not reflect the uh, what we were talking about, about making statements and things like that. You no, know, you I didn't. You didn't have uh, too much of a problem with at least saying, like, I don't agree with the way that this is being perceived. I think that a conversational tone is very important because people then treat you like a human being. Statements do nothing but sound like legalese. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like it just, mm -hmm. and you know, like I have people say unkind things about me often. I have people say things that are like, uh, like on a couple of occasions, very untrue. Like there's this one guy that maintains the weirdest fucking story I ever heard. But when that happens um, and I'm able to talk about a thing, I'm grateful to talk about it. I right. think Here's the deal. I, I, I just think that this sort of, again, going back to the sort of victimhood that I don't appreciate, uh, musicians will tell you, creative people will tell you, I could read 500 positive reviews of myself. I read one negative and I perseverate Absolutely. on the negative. Absolutely. I have crossed that Rubicon and I don't feel that way. The one person saying something negative is of no consequence to me, and I don't care. I don't trust the people that are saying the positive thing, and I don't care about the people saying the negative thing. Uh -huh. So I... You kind of have to... You have to ditch both sides, right? Yeah. Well, that well, that's exactly my position, is that, like, I I've said since I first started playing music, a compliment from a stranger and an insult from a stranger is still gibberish to me. You know what I mean? It, it's a, a compliment. Why do, so let's look at it in the most terrible way possible, the, mo the worst possible light, right? Uh -huh. Somebody comes up to me and says, uh, hey, I love what you do. Uh, you, you know, uh, it means a lot to me. I don't know that person. I don't know their interests. I, I, I say thank you because I mean it. You know what I mean? Thank you. Nice yeah. of you to say. But I don't walk around feeling energized by that even, not be, yeah it's not like oh i made a difference today no it's nothing like that even yeah. even when somebody explicitly says that i have for this reason i don't know that person that person's absolute absolute stranger and i refuse to let strangers impact my mood or have a, a, a impact on my life in the way that i don't desire i hate being a product i hate it I, well, in I, in what sense like what how are you how do you consider yourself a product so the other day um, so this drug church tour is going really well, right? Yeah. A lot of new fans. Uh, and I don't want to say I don't want to meet them because like, I'm, I'm grateful for anybody that likes the band. Uh huh. 
But it is a natural fact that if most people who knew either of my, who liked either of my bands and knew nothing of me, they would not like me. You know what I mean? Like, like, like they, they just wouldn't like me. And that's why like people, why? Because I'm, I, I am a multifaceted layered individual, which means that there's ugliness to me. You know what I mean? Like, which means that like, I'm like, so my girlfriend thinks I take uh, the internet too seriously and that nobody really sees it the way I do. But like, I don't think that's true. I think a lot of people see it the way I do, which is basically, uh, we want, we're looking for excuses to disregard strangers. Uh huh. So we love, love, love celebrity a musician b whatever and then we're equally thrilled when they fuck up and do something we don't like sure (laughs) because we want to cast them into the fucking fire pit and i think the reason that i'm so off-putting often online is because i'd prefer to just live in the fire pit i don't want i i I, nothing upsets me more than the idea i've said this a million times and i'm my muscles are tensing as i think about it because it makes me so angry Uh uh-huh the idea that I could disappoint a stranger makes me want to cave a stranger's skull in. Like nothing upsets me like somebody I don't know right. acting disappointed in me. Mm-hmm. We don't know each other. You are a stranger to me. There's no way on this earth you could disappoint me. You know what I mean? So why yeah. would I disappoint you? Uh-huh. And is it's because you took my the thing that I make, which is one aspect of my personality, right? Now, with something like self-defense, you could say, or honestly, if you listen to self-defense, you listen uh, to drug church, uh, I also do lost leader, you you, you take these things holistically, maybe you can get an idea who I am, right? It's possible, it is. But it's still never going to be the complete picture. There is a level of excitement to the creativity of being, of knowing that, and look, I say this respectfully to all the labels that have put us out. Because we put a lot of work into what we do. So, like, don't think I'm trying to rip you off. Knowing that you can do anything is very liberating. It's very mm-hmm. fun. You know what I mean? And it provides a new set, a new challenge. You know what I mean? New problem-solving thing that you want to tackle. And uh, When do you think you when do you think you hit that? Uh, I, 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 you're unique in that sense. You take risks that people aren't willing to take from the onset. And I think, like... Even over the past few years, you've found this way where you are getting more abstract in certain sense, but you're also getting a lot more internal in the same. I agree. Um, I think that uh, so Andrew, who 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 you know I, I mentioned earlier, uh, his background is is crust music. Uh, that that's what he grew up playing, and. I think that the fact that both of us come from a space where it's inconceivable to make a living off of music. Nobody, there's maybe two bands in world history that have been crust acts that could pay their rent. You know what I mean? It, it, it's right. uh, it's inconceivable. And for that reason... I mean, Tragedy made a new record probably because they they all like busted their ass working manual labor for the past five years. I, I mean, it, it, Tragedy sells so many records... And let me just tell you people at home, even if they were selling them direct, it's not enough to live off of. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so uh, coming from backgrounds where success is not an option, it just leads, it, it just leads, the only thing it leaves is personal fulfillment. You know, you know what I mean? Like that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so you're not, you, there's not going to be a pool. There's no pool waiting for you. It, it, it's, did you get the most out of this for yourself? Did you, did you feel fulfilled when you, when you did it? Uh, and that's why some of our records sound like trash is because we went in and did exactly what we were thinking in that moment and didn't bother to record it a second time because we were doing exact, it's supposed to be for many years. We looked at records as truly a snapshot of a moment. Mm -hmm. That's it. You know what I mean? Not to be fawned over, not to be treated like it's precious, but to, to, you know, it, it it's a moment, and, and uh, maybe that's a moment you enjoy. Maybe you don't give a shit. When drug church happens, you talk about drug church in a way that you're open to so many things. Self defense, family, no chance would you be, you know, doing some of these things. So, so drug church 
when I so Drug Church is a band that I joined. Uh, it didn't exist before me, but it was the guys in Drug Church asked me if I wanted to sing, you know, and it was their idea mm-hmm. to have like they'd sit, they started writing some songs and the, they knew me from being in self defense for so many years and a local guy and whatever. And they just reached out and said, Hey, do you want to, we might do a couple shows a year, put out a demo. And I said, Sure. And so I treat the band like I joined it. And, and, uh, my attitude on it has been look i have been around a while um people have already created their narrative about me whether that's guy who is cool or guy who's lame i don't have to prove myself to anybody you can i'll say yes to anything you know i mean so when somebody asks me what hey we have these two tour options i say whichever one has more people i don't care you know i mean I, i don't care and you know, labels, uh, you know, Pure Noise was asking us the other day, we had two tours ahead of us, and they said, look, we prefer you take this one, but we understand that the other one is cooler. And I straight up said, I, I don't remotely care what's cool. Right, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Because there's nothing more embarrassing to me than when a band is chasing cool. It, it's, it's, it's shameful. Like, you look, you don't look like adults, and it's terrible. <laughs> so I... Uh, <laughs> I, you know, like there's people that think I'm lame. There's people that think I'm cool. It, it's, uh, again, these are strangers. <laughs> you know right. I mean? like these, are, these are people I don't know. I've been around long enough that people just, even though I've done the wrong thing every, every part of my career. But they, you're not, but you're not going in there and just being like, no, okay, listen, this is how we do it. No, like, no, no. Right. Look, uh-huh. I, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm like that with self-defense too, where I defer to the musicians. The musicians are more talented than I am. And, and if. I walk in and they have a ska song written. I guess we're doing ska that day. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because until I can do what they do, it really I only pull the brakes when something is really off the rails to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like uh, on this new Drug Church record, I poo pooed one riff. I said, "No, nah, we're not doing that." You know what I mean? But like for the mo- and I won't be in the music videos. But like if beyond that, like I mean. I'm game. You, oh, oh! You guys wrote, you guys wrote a fucking Sum Forty One song. I guess I'm gonna have to learn how to make that cool. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And that's part of the deal. It's it's problem solving. You know, like when I walk in, like the self self defense, just wrote new material, uh, that sounds like cat power, and I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do to that. But I know that it is a fun challenge, and I'm grateful that I'm I'm grateful that I get fun challenges this long into my music career. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause like, look, there's dudes that are making a fine living playing music. They don't need a challenge. You know what I mean? Or if they do, they'll do it on a private time. They'll do, you know, they got their own little projects that they sort of do just for fun. I don't have that. You know, everything is a challenge for me, particularly, like I said, I'm not very talented. So like the, 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 the problem solving part is exciting and I'm, I think it's cool that I still get it. Yeah. I guess it's, it's, been interesting to follow along and to see you apply it in so in so many different ways and like you know work in so many different directions kind of simultaneously funny thing um i'm being asked a lot on this uh drug church uh press run uh you're a busy guy how do you do it you know i i crossed out that question rightfully so because i mean i know guys i know a guy that sleeps three hours a night yeah uh he has four businesses uh he oversees uh a staff of 12 uh and then uh, you could say that he herds another 150 freelance cats you know what i mean that's a busy person Mm -hmm. i'm in two bands i write comic books you know what I'm saying? Yeah. My time is occupied, but I'm not busy. You know what I mean? Busy sure. is busy is different. Busy uh-huh. is busy is a mindset. I, I'm I'm just a guy who, like, if I'm not doing something productive at some point in my day, then I'm feeling anxious and unhappy. But it's not it's not like I'm like a, you know, like a like, like I'm full of energy and I'm always doing something. You know yeah, what I mean? It's not yeah. like that. It, it's just that like. I have a, there's something wrong with me probably where if I don't, if I'm not directing a creative thought somewhere, I feel low, you know what I mean? Like I feel low. Seeing yourself clearly is, is first and foremost. And, 
it doesn't mean that it's going to happen. Like, look, somebody asked me the other day, hey, my girl just left me. I'm all fucked up. How do I get through this? And I say, it's just going to be, you're just going to be fucked up. <laughs> you know, right. That's the answer. You're just mm-hmm. going to be fucked up until you're not. And, and uh, it, it, but you're never going to be not fucked up or it's going to take seven times as long if you can't self-diagnose and say, oh, right. I'm fucked up. I am fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, and that doesn't mean that like, yeah, you might wallow at times. You might, because that's the nature of people. There's, you know, it's, it, to me, and that was the grossest part of the sort of victimhood that I was living, which is like, sanctimony i hate sanctimony i'll kill i i makes me nauseous but i'm that dude i like you when you're a victim you you get sanctimonious and that's that's where i was where i was in the right other people was in the wrong yeah i knew that the world didn't so i'm righter than the world You, you know what i mean i'm better than the world and uh that sort of shit is uh, that can be ugly, you know what I mean? And it never wears well. It, it it never like if your grievances of a personal nature and it's not like I said some systemic fucking effort to marginalize you. You're keep not going to make anything that's relatable. Right. You're just going to make something that's like uh, internal. I mean, and, but that's the thing. Even if it's self-involved and that's what you needed to do, good for you. But like it, it is, yeah. It, it's it's an ugly, ugly. It's an ugly self. What did choke in Berlin? So I mean to you in in, in so, that what did you relate to in that so so that song uh, it's fucked up how good that song thank is you. thank you that's and nice. what, what, what I don't know I had a mental health scare mm. last year kind of I'm a recovering alcoholic I'm 32 mm. I don't see people that often right <laughs> so this this record is it's like it's it's just a very internal, and it's like I took a lot of walks this record because, yeah. like, at the, at the very least, it's a walking like, record for sure. Yeah, um, but it's something that I haven't been able to pinpoint. Is is that that story that just so happens to be about the fucking singer Slapshot being in Berlin? So choke is is uh, uh, kind of one note to a lot of people. Um, you know, he's just a guy that barks into a microphone, right? But. I've run into these people in Berlin. I've played Berlin a hundred times in my life and I've run into these old timers that swear there's this other part to him that is like a bon vivant, like sort of art loving weirdo that lived in, lived in Berlin for, I think he lived there for a year or whatever, but he, uh, but the way that they talk about it, I mean, I have no idea if this is true. You know what I mean? No idea. I I wasn't there. I I don't don't care, man. The myth (laughs) is enough. Right. But this idea that this man who is uh, seen by so many as just a just a boob, you know what I mean? Just like a like a like a yeah, he'll step on it. Yeah, like just like a goon, you know, uh-huh. like like. Uh, but you know, he's multifaceted. There's parts of his life that you don't know. You uh-huh. know what I mean? And like, I guess that the, uh, going back to the product thing, and and I, I maybe that f- maybe that comes into the product part is that when you get into a subculture, when when you are interested in in people's lives, um, you tend to make them a product, you know, and, and you don't always see, uh, these other aspects of people. Uh, you buy, you buy the part you want, (laughs) you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You, you, you get the prime cut and you, and you, and you leave so many of the other aspects, uh, on the, on the, you know, you don't care about the tongue, you know what I mean? You don't want the tongue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, uh, so that's on my mind a lot lately because, Let's say that. I, let's say that. Like again, the type of music that I play is not. It's not a high ceiling. But let, let's just say that for taste change dramatically, and people love what I do. It's gonna be very stressful for me because I I I, I want to be respected. I don't want to be loved in the way that some psychopaths want to be loved. I don't want to be like I, my girlfriend loves me. That's that's what I value. You know what I mean? Like I, like being ad, being admired by strangers is uh, like if that was to happen, I don't know. I would do very well with it because I feel very constrained. You know, to talk about multifaceted people and and people are are capable of so much more than what you see. I mean, it, just looking at Cheer and looking at Have You Considered Punk Music, the mm-hmm. idea that both of these records come from the same place and you are taking one in a very self-analytic place and then you're taking another one where it's like you are finding all of the other enemies everybody else out there can relate to Mm. all these other people in authority that you're saying fuck you to Mm -hmm. and 
it's I think that there's a lot of power in the idea that it all comes from the same place. It's all it's all an exploration of of one spot that you're in, yeah, one but, feeling. But a thing that I've found frustrating in life is that people don't necessarily want that. Like, I write comic books for a living. I've been cagey about music and comics. I, I, I'm going to incorporate them together more in the future because I feel like I've established myself enough now. But starting out, it was a thing where I wasn't sure I wanted to talk about either one to the other to the other side because people have such a tendency to see you as only one thing. And I do it the same thing. Like the kid from My Chemical Romance, he's a fine comic book writer. I see him as the kid from My Chemical Romance, and that's right. fucking unfair. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's a perfectly capable writer. For some reason, he's always going to be My Chemical Romance kid to me, and that is fucking ugly on my part. And I didn't want to do that to myself. Now, thankfully... Nothing I do is so successful that anybody anybody's gonna make that mistake. Uh, yeah, but I mean, if you even look at this is uh, this is the singer from Self Defense Family. Yeah, his new band. Oh know. yeah, that's true. That's true. But, but I, that, I, that doesn't happen. But I, I mean, I've been grateful. I've been grateful that you know there was offers like Deathwish wanted to do the Drug Church record, and and Deathwish is a good label, you know. But I said no because uh, at the time Self Defense was on Deathwish. And to me, it would have been the kiss of death to have so close an association where people consider one your side project, where musicians don't, by and large, see things as side projects. That, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. everything is just work. something we're just doing. Do it. You you know just, it's, it's, it's all a part of something right. internal. Everything is just something you're doing. Uh -huh. And, and uh, it doesn't minimize anything, but it, doesn't, it also doesn't aggrandize anything, you know? Um, Good things are things are good. Y'all right with the fact that people are coming out to these shows? Is that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, how I'm suspicious of them, and uh -huh. <laughs> you know what I mean. But uh, <laughs> if they're having a good time, good for them. I'll forget 